0: All right, let's take our Bibles and turn to John 21 this morning, John chapter number 21. John 21, we're going to be looking at verses 15 through 17. Our live stream is failing this morning, so give me just a minute here. We'll just record it. The conspiracy theory says we're being blocked by Facebook, but let's see what happens. (laughs) All right. Sorry about that. Now you all are on camera right now. Just a moment. (laughs) All right. John 21, looking at verses 15 through 17. John 21, verses 15 through 17. I want to draw our attention to three questions that are asked by our Lord in all three of these verses, and the subject is the question, and the question that Peter is being asked by the Lord himself is simply this, lovest thou me, lovest thou me. Now we'll see that each time this question is asked by our Lord towards Peter, we'll see that it's asked One time in one way, and then the other two times in the same way. But I want to draw our attention to verse 15, which really sets the context for what this conversation between the Lord and Peter uh, is. Notice verse 15. It says, So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. Like many of the accounts of the Lord speaking with Peter, uh, we often find that there seems to be a disagreement among many as to what was the Lord trying to do. Uh, Some have approached this passage by saying Peter was intentionally trying to be... uh, tripped up by the Lord, that uh, the Lord was really trying to give it to Peter and trying to rebuke him. And I would suggest to you today that, of course, the Lord's ways are always pure. So the Lord Jesus Christ, as he was uh, giving this to Peter, he certainly did not mean it to be anything more than a, a means of instruction. And so as we see this in verse number 15 from a contextual standpoint you'll recall that last week we ended up where Jesus had invited the disciples to come onto the shoreline and he gave them that wonderful invitation of come and dine. The Lord had prepared a a meal for them and what we find happening here in verse number 15 is at the conclusion of that shoreline meal. At the end of it Jesus turns to Peter, he singles Peter out, and he asks Peter this question. Lovest thou me more than these? Now, than these is really the interesting part of this particular text. What or who was Jesus referring to? And as we'll see throughout the context... We have to understand that Jesus had the these, he had a particular these in mind. This was not just a general question. He's asking, do you love me more than these? So we're going to learn this morning who the these are. But this setting is very similar. It's similar to another time when the Apostle Peter was seated around a fire. The last time we saw Peter seated around a fire, he was denying the Lord three times. Now again, we're not going to get into necessarily the uh, trying to draw connections that way, but it's interesting to me that the last time Peter was around a fire, he denied the Lord. Some people suggest that when Jesus asked the question, lovest thou me more than these, that maybe, again, I'm not going to speculate because the word doesn't tell us, maybe Jesus... Pointed to the boats, maybe he pointed to the fishing nets, maybe he pointed to the ocean. And was he asking Peter, do you love me more than these things in your life? Now Peter's life, we know that from the time Jesus called him, that question had already been answered. Peter had been told by the Lord, from this point forward, you will be a fisher of men. So Peter already had a call on his life. He already had a call, and his occupation was to preach the gospel. But the aspect about this that becomes very interesting is Jesus is going to introduce to Peter within these three verses another phrase, feed my sheep. I want us to understand something this morning that it is vitally important, vitally important and biblically important, that the word of God and the gospel gets preached to the unsaved. But I also need to understand that Jesus is also appointing just as important that his sheep are to be fed. Now, as a church, you can be one or the other. You can be a church that preaches the gospel at every turn and you are preaching the gospel 24-7 and not feeding the sheep. You can be a church that feeds the sheep and never preaches the gospel. The biblical church is supposed to be both. It's just as important to feed the sheep as it is to preach the gospel. Now again, some might disagree with that as a whole. But I would say to you that Jesus in his own words is telling Peter, don't just go preach the gospel. He's already already called them to do that. That's vitally important. But now he's giving them, giving him an interesting command. Feed my sheep. Notice the emphasis is on the word my. He doesn't tell Peter, feed your sheep. He says, feed my sheep. Now, others say that Christ is asking Peter, if you really love me, as a comparison to the other disciples. Now, remember, Peter had been known to sometimes speak boldly. We remember Matthew 26, verse 33, Peter had said this, Though all shall be offended because of thee, yet I will never be offended. Peter never hesitated and never hesitated in boasting to the degree of his love. As a matter of fact, when Jesus asked him the question, we'll see this first question in verse 15. He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. Now, notice what Peter doesn't say. Peter doesn't say, I love you more than these. He just simply says, I love you. And then the Lord says to him, feed my lambs. It's interesting. Jesus refers to his sheep as lambs and sheep. Verse 15, he calls them lambs. Verse number 16, he calls them sheep. Verse 17, he calls them sheep. Now, this about Peter. Peter does not hesitate to respond. In other words, he doesn't say, Lord, give me a few minutes, think about it. Lord, you know that I love you. Now, why does Peter give himself over to the Lord's thought about what, how his love was? Because he ultimately knows that the only judge of his love for the Lord is what the Lord knows about that love. In other words, I could ask us all that question today and I could say, do you love the Lord? And you could say, I love the Lord, but only the Lord knows the intensity and the reality or the degree of that love. So what Peter says is, Lord, you know, I love you. In other words, is is he boldly saying, hey, there's no doubt about this, or is he giving it over to the Lord to say, Lord, you're the only one that knows? Now, I tend to believe by the context of what's happening in this interaction that Peter is not saying this with the same arrogance he said before. He's now saying it with some modesty and humility, acknowledging that the only one who really knows my love for you is you. Now, if you've ever had your love for Christ questioned, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, There have been times in my life when people have flat out told me, you don't love the Lord or you don't love the Lord as much as you should. I would tell you this morning, the only person who truly knows my love for the Lord is the Lord himself. I could tell you today how much I love God. I could tell you how much I love the Lord, but only the Lord truly knows. I could say the right words. I could say it in a way I could shed a few tears. I could convince you outwardly that I love the Lord, but only the Lord knows do I really love him. And again, I think that's where we sometimes make the mistake with Peter by declaring what was Peter's real intentions. I believe Peter is giving himself over to the Lord for him to judge. Do I really love you? Now, it's interesting that as Peter does that, the Lord says, feed my lambs. I, hold your, I want you to hold your place there for a moment. And I want you to go to 1 Peter chapter number 5. This is a, kind of an interesting parallel as we read the account when Jesus tells Peter these words and then the epistle that Peter writes regarding the sheep. 1 Peter chapter number 5 verses 1 through 4. Again, this is Peter writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And remember the conversation the Lord's having with Peter on the shoreline as we read this. 1 Peter 5 verse 1. The elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder, and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. One thing I love about this is this is the same Peter. This is the same Peter who denied the Lord. And look how he writes. A witness of the sufferings of Christ and a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples, examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil is a roaring lion. Walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist steadfast in faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Not only was Peter going to feed the sheep, he was going to be a protector of the sheep. Why? Because the devil, as a roaring lion, seeketh whom he may devour. Now as we think about what Jesus is telling Peter, Peter acknowledging God's omniscience through Christ, his own affection for Christ is being put to the test. He declares his love, and the Master of the Lord says, Feed my lambs. The reference to the lamb is to feed the weaker or the newer believer and feed them and treat them as the Lord's children. If we were to outline these three verses this morning, this is intentionally alliterated today, so I apologize in advance. I don't like to lose alliteration a lot, but I'm going to use it today. The threefold question, the threefold answer, and the threefold commission. Threefold question, threefold answer, and a threefold commission. So, as we see what's happening here, is all of this is taking place as Jesus has singled out Peter. Peter's the only one being asked the questions. Peter's the only one that's being, quote unquote, challenged. Now, I told you our backgrounds and our experiences come from many ways. I've preached this passage in this particular text, I've preached this before by emphasizing the word love. And what word was Peter using? Some of you have heard this study. Was Peter using the word love, that's the brotherly love, or was Peter using the word agape love? What word was he using, or phileo love? Which word was he using? And I've done an entire word study on that. And the more and more you read this, the more you begin to understand that what's happening here is the, is Peter is giving over what he says about himself, over to what the Lord thinks about himself. In other words, the Lord is the only one who knows what's really in Peter's heart. And when you see this, you see that as the Lord is looking right at Peter, he's singled him out, he's directed his words to him. Notice what the Lord calls him. He calls him by the name of Simon Son of Jonas or son of Jonah. That name is the name that the Lord had called Peter when Peter had given the most uh, direct profession of his faith. In other words, he's calling Peter back to the name that Peter demonstrated his greatest faith. Lovest thou me more than these? Now, I don't believe that the Lord meant more than the fish that Peter caught, nor did he mean the net, nor did he mean the boat, or even was Jesus asking him, do you love me more than the other disciples? The question is, whether or not he loved more Not whether he loved the disciples more, but whether whether Peter loved Christ more than the rest of the disciples loved him. The idea here is that Peter had some time ago declared that he would never be offended at Christ. Now remember how Peter got to the shore. We saw this last week that Peter cast himself into the sea and had came upon shore. He threw himself to come to where Jesus was. The question that the Lord is asking, he's not asking Peter out of ignorance. In other words, the Lord isn't saying, Peter, I need to know right now, how do you feel about me? Do do you love me more than these? Because we know that Christ already knew the answer. Christ already knew whether he loved him or not, and he already knew what the degree of love that Peter had for the Lord was. But I want you to think about this for a moment. I believe the Lord is giving Peter the opportunity to exercise one of the greatest expressions of grace that we have. The Lord doesn't need to, doesn't need to ask you whether you love him or not. He gives you the opportunity to express your love to him and the thanksgiving toward the grace he's shown toward you. In other words, He's not asking because he needs to know. He's asking, giving, giving Peter the opportunity to express his love to him. Peter has an opportunity. He has an opportunity to express his love now before those who had seen him earlier publicly deny. Remember those disciples that are seated there with him knew what Peter had done. They knew Peter, who had said, I will never be offended, had, had fled, had denied the Lord. And yet, when Peter answers this question, he saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. Peter's answer was in sincerity, but I don't believe it was with hypocrisy. In other words, he wasn't saying this and didn't really think it. He appeals to Christ himself. Peter was conscious of his own love. Peter's aware of what he really felt. Is my affection for you sincere. Peter's teaching us a lesson here. This lesson is very simply as Peter was choosing to make Christ himself the judge of his own love. In other words, rather than say anything more, he says, Lord, you be the judge. Do, do I love you? You tell me. Now, Peter is not saying that he loves them more than the other disciples. People have often said that this is trying to pin the disciples together. No, the Lord, Peter doesn't even dare. You see what's happening? He doesn't even dare say, I love you more than the other guy seated here. He doesn't dare say that. Just like I think you're making a terrible mistake if you are seated in a room of people and you say, I love love you more than anybody else does. I'm getting somewhere with this. I love you more than anybody else in this room does. It would be a terrible mistake for me to even stand up here as a pastor today and say, I love the Lord Jesus Christ more than you do. Only the Lord knows that. Quite honestly, you could be seated where you are and love the Lord more than I do. I'm not ultimately the judge of that. Christ is. So, Peter, you notice he never dares, looks at the other disciples and says, I see all these guys sitting here. I love you more than they do. Now, remember John, who's referred to by the Lord as the disciple whom Jesus loved. Now, again, that's not to be exclusion of the others. But I think there's this great lesson here that shows us that Peter declined saying he loved the Lord more than the rest of the disciples. Because I think Peter's learning a lesson. Peter's learned a lesson not to trust his own (laughs) self-confidence. Your self-confidence will lead you to say and believe and do things that really are not so. When we start comparing ourselves to somebody else and we say, well, certainly, Lord, I love you more than the other guys. Look what I... He could have he could have gone back and say, look, I jumped in the ocean to come to where you are just a few minutes ago. Did you see me, Lord? That's real love. I jumped in the ocean and swam to where you are. But you understand that Peter was... I think he was sure in himself. I know I love you, but whether... He could say he loved Christ more than the other disciples. Peter doesn't even dare say whether he does. Jesus' response in verse 15, part of this, this first of this three times this question is asked, He says, "Feed my lambs." Again, the Lord is referring to the more tender part of his flock, weaker believers. When I started, again, I'm only, I'm not, I, don't, I don't want to do this hardly. When I started in the ministry, I did not have an understanding of weaker believers and stronger believers. To me, if you were a believer, everybody should have been on the same level. Now you say that may sound crazy. It, it, maybe it was. But the expectations were this younger believer ought to know as much as this older believer. Not by age, but their length of time. How long they've been in the faith. You know, there are lambs in God's church. There are lambs in Christ's church. They're they're like little children. They're not to be despised, but they are to be nourished and comforted and strengthened. You see, Peter talks so much about this in 1 Peter, about feeding them with the milk of the Word. Everything Jesus is talking to Peter about here in John shows up in the epistles, 1 and 2 Peter. It's always as if they were connected. Peter learned the lessons. Feed the church of God, we read there in 1 Peter chapter 5. Christ has an interest, even in the weaker believers. He calls them my lambs. Each one of those were given to him by the Father. Each one of them were purchased by his blood. Our Lord has a tender affection and a concern. And nothing shows a clearer proof and evidence of a love to Christ than to feed his lambs and to take care of them. Now, the narrative could have ended there and we would have gotten a very good lesson. But notice verse 16, he, that's Jesus, say it to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Now notice, now the phrase more than these is removed. He says to him the second time, our Lord willing, again, why is Peter being asked this? Peter's being given the opportunity to express His love to Christ. It's not because the Lord was hard of hearing. It's not because the Lord is questioning whether Peter's sincere or not. He's giving Peter the opportunity to express his love. He leaves out the words more than these. The Lord sees Peter's heart. He had to have observed that his answer was given in humility. He had to have noticed that Peter didn't say, I love you more than the other guy sitting seated with me. Jesus is giving Peter an opportunity to repeat his love towards Christ. Folks, the fact that you and I are given the opportunity to speak of our love to Christ is not because he needs to hear it, but because he's giving us an opportunity to express it. And that's part of expressing what grace has done for you. The Lord never intended this to be a comparative study on who loves Jesus more. I I spent so many years comparing and calling out, questioning people, you you can't possibly love the Lord. You can't, listen. The fact that the Lord gives us an opportunity to express our love to Him is an amazing thing because it's not that He needs it. Jesus doesn't need it. He's giving you an an opportunity to express your love, not because He's going to wilt if you don't say, I love you. If, If Peter would have responded and said, Lord, I don't love you at all, it would not have changed the nature of God in any way, shape, or form. But oftentimes what we see here Peter responds with the same phrase. Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus' response is nearly the same, except now he says, feed my sheep. So our Lord refers to both the lost sheep of the house of Israel and his other sheep. We remember in our earlier studies in the book of John that he said, other sheep I have. Remember, there are sheep that are the Jews and there are sheep that are the Gentiles. There is a reference here that when he talks about the sheep, we are talking about not just the house of Israel, but we're talking about the Gentiles as well. The Gentiles were just as much given to the Lord Jesus Christ by the Father as the Jews were. He had paid the ransom price for both of them. So those sheep, those lambs were to be brought in and they were to be fed with what? They were to be fed with the word of God, with the ordinances. They were to be reminded and taught about the bread of life. They weren't to be lorded over. They weren't to be taken advantage of. And they were to be watched and cared for. Every time a shepherd shows care and love towards the flock that God has entrusted him with, It is shown as a mark of love and and affection towards Christ. Not so that he gets attention. No pastor is doing this for attention who's doing it rightly. They're taking the commission of saying, we ought to preach the gospel and then there are sheep, Lord, that you have placed that you are responsible for. You're responsible to care. You're responsible to watch. You're responsible to to make sure that they are fed. Now again, that doesn't mean that you don't feed yourselves at times, but it's understanding that this is part of an expression back towards the Lord. He doesn't need Peter. He's giving Peter an opportunity to express his love. Every instance, every time we have the ability to care for God's people were showing expressions of our love for Christ. Now, you'll notice that that second question, again, was a little different. But Peter replied exactly the same way. Now, Peter doesn't, doesn't uh, say it and, and that, he's getting, that he's getting frustrated. I mean, I've heard this narrative told so many times that people... Now, he, by the time we get to verse 17, it says Peter is grieved. He's grieved that he's being asked this question. And that, that leads us to a, a whole other series of questions we're going to ask here in just a minute. But again, he's told, feed my sheep, both of the sheep of Israel and the sheep of the Gentiles. Now, again, knowing that the Lord is not asking these questions because he doesn't know the answer, we see the third time the question's asked. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things that thou, thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, feed my sheep. So the Lord, by these, this threefold question and these three answers, Three things throughout Scripture is often done as a way of establishing a truth. All right? We just read in Amos about the three things and for a fourth. It's establishing a truth. All right? So, Jesus, in a sense, the third time, is asking Peter this question. Can your love of me be depended upon? And Peter, grieved by this, You know, it would be like you and I being asked the same question three times. In, in our humanity, we're going to be a little bit, why do you keep asking me this question? Why do you keep asking me? I've told you this is the third time. What more can I possibly say? Maybe it put Peter back in mind of having denied the Lord three times that the Lord asked him this question three times. The remembrance, this grief, understand this, the word grief here is not frustration. This is conviction. This is sorrow. I've heard it told as a children's story, again, which is, I make no secret about my issues with children's stories, that Peter right here gets frustrated And he's irritated. That's not what this word is. This word is, he's it has the idea, the tone that he's pricked at the heart. He's convicted when Jesus asked him the third time because it's reminding him of what Peter has said before. This remembrance grieved him to the heart. Understanding that even though his love was being stated towards the Lord without hypocrisy, he understood his own sincerity. Peter had given reason in the past for his own words to be suspect. Now he responds by saying, Lord, thou knowest all things. He answers a little bit different. Thou knowest that I love thee. Peter appeals now with this great love and earnestness again to the omniscience of Christ, who was the searcher of the heart, of course. But Peter no doubt remembered the own, his own heart had failed him before. Folks, Peter is no longer trusting in his own self-confidence and in his own heart. Every time Peter jumped ahead and said, Lord, I will serve you. I'll not be offended. He was relying on his own self-confidence. He was relying on his own ability. Now Peter is pushing it all away and saying, listen, I can't even trust my own heart in this. Even though Peter's saying all the right things. Peter was well aware that the sincerity of his love might be called into question by fellow Christians. Now, let's, let's just try to put ourselves... In the disciples' shoes for a moment, do you think at any point in time one of them might have said, I bet Peter won't hold to this? They had seen him fail before. Listen, folks, where is the the grace when others fail that we have towards others? We write off a lot of people just because they fail in our eyes. And yet, you know the Lord never cast Peter off? As a matter of fact, Peter becomes so strengthened and so uh, emboldened that he, he eventually finds himself being martyred for Christ with a, with a desire to say, listen, I'm not even worthy to be crucified in the same way the Lord was, crucify me upside down. What happened to Peter? Peter's self-confidence has been ripped out of him. And a lot of times in my own self-confidence, I say I love the Lord. I say I'm this. I say I'm that. But only the Lord truly knows. And I would submit to you that a lot of times we're still very confident in our own ability and in our own belief of what we think is really happening. Everything was now open. Peter leaves the appeal with the Lord. So every soul that truly loves Christ Every soul that truly loves him finds out that even when their love is tried and they're tempted by Satan, sometimes even those who love Christ the most, sometimes we are going to fall greatly in our responsibilities to the Lord. Yeah, it doesn't mean our love for Christ is gone. Folks, How diligently and fervently we love Christ, it may still at times be feeble. We may still have times when we're not not on fire for God the way we're supposed to be. But the principle is always the same. Peter, Peter loved the Lord when he denied Him three times. This isn't now all of a sudden Peter knows what love is. What's happening here is Peter has said, Lord, I'm grieved. The repetition of this phrase of feed my sheep, feed my lambs, after he declares his love to Christ, shows us that only those who truly love the Lord, Peter, it's be, the Lord calls them to feed his sheep. Why? Because only those who truly love the Lord are going to be concerned about the sheep. Listen, a love for the Lord is more than just a phrase. A love for the Lord is demonstrated in concern for his sheep. The work of feeding sheep physically is is labor. Those who minister spiritually to the Lord's sheep often find is labor. Sometimes feeding the sheep is found with opposition. Sometimes it is found with direct opposition from the devil himself or his angels or his demons. And it is possible to shepherd a flock and pretend to love the sheep and not really love the sheep or the Lord. It's possible. Those who feed the flock who truly love the Lord understand who they're feeding. They're feeding the Lord's people. What Jesus is telling Peter is, Peter, I'm going to leave you in charge of my people, Jews and Gentiles alike. And those people are my sheep. They are my lambs. And if you don't truly love me the way that you're supposed to love me, when times of danger come, you're going to leave the flock. Peter, after Jesus ascends back to the right hand of the Father, Peter never again, we're told, left his occupation of being a pastor and a preacher. He never left it. It's connected to his love. What is it to feed the sheep? What is it to feed the lambs? It's to preach the the pure gospel of Christ. It's to administer the ordinances. It's to direct souls to Christ. Every believer ought to be asked the question, do you love Christ? Lovest thou me is not just for the, the shepherd. Lovest thou me ought to be for all of us. Do you love Him? This is where life and hope, this is where all these things come together. The Lord saying, feed my sheep. This repetition continues that Peter's declaration of his love for Christ shows that only those that truly love Him are going to love the gospel of His grace. They're going to love the gospel of His love. And they know that the Word of God, according to Isaiah 55, verse 11, that the Word of God, as it goes out, never returns void. We oftentimes use that phrase that the Word of God never returns void in a way of evangelism, but you know that's also true in feeding the sheep. Folks, every word that we are fed from His Word when we gather together and when we're individually or we're in our families, it never returns void. You're being fed. You're being shepherded. You're being taught by the chief shepherd. You're being being taught His Word. And every time we're fed by the Word, it ought, to, it ought to grow our love for Christ. I ought to love Christ more because of what He's done. Our motivation for everything we do as a church, as an individual believer, is not so that we get accolades, not so we get man's applause. We're motivated by Christ's love for us. And what we do is an ability to express our love for Christ back to him, not because he needs it. It's an opportunity. We know that Peter's ministry Peter's ministry, would affect and be to many more than just the Jews. But when we think about this, feed my sheep, being a fisher of men, So remember, being a fisher of men is not the only call of a believer. There's also the call of feeding the sheep. Shepherding is a work of equal weight as preaching the gospel. I had a wise pastor tell me that one time, and it has stuck to me many, many times. He said, make sure you understand that God, through his word, has called us to both equally, to preach the gospel and to feed the sheep. They're both as equally important. One's not more important than the other. When we we gather together, that's why we come and we're not not just giving you something to nibble on. I'm trying to give you the meat of God's word. And some of them, it's got to be the milk of God's word. And to be able to take that and say, here's some milk, here's some meat and say, this is feeding the sheep. The Apostle Paul in Acts 20, verse 28, calls it the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. Every flock needs care. It needs to be tended to with watchfulness. John 10, 11 tells us that the Lord Jesus himself was the good shepherd who laid down his life for the sheep. And it's the great shepherd who was brought again from the dead, we learn in Hebrews 13, 20. But remember what Peter said in 1 Peter 5, 4, he's appointed shepherds to watch for the souls of men. He has those who he calls to shepherd, those who are converted to lead, to protect, to feed, to comfort, and to help. One of the things that every shepherd, under-shepherd takes very seriously is that he calls us into account. I have to give an account. I have to give an answer. I have to personally give an answer for you and what I did or didn't do. It's a serious calling. It's a calling not because it's something man wants on his own. It's something that God puts and as God puts it there. So as we think about Peter and we think about what Peter was being told, I want us to leave with that question this morning just simply Lovest thou me? And maybe today in your own heart, you can say, Lord, you know I love you. But Peter did not dare say he loved the Lord more than others. I think there's a lesson there. It may seem very small. It might seem insignificant, but there's a great lesson there. In my love for the Lord isn't compared to others. It's between my Lord and myself. You're always going to have someone who's going to say they love the Lord more than you. But only the Lord truly knows how you love Him. And I hope that that will be a good lesson for us today. Next week, Lord willing, we will finish out the book of John. And uh, that will have been about two and a half years. And we'll finish the book of John next week. All right. Let's finish with our benediction this morning from the Valley of Vision, chapter 6, page 270, the prayer of love. We'll read through this together and then we'll stand and we'll be dismissed in prayer. Gracious Lord, thy name is love. In love receive my prayer. My sins are more than the wide sea sand, but where sin abounds, there is grace more abundant. Look to the cross of thy beloved son and view the preciousness of his atoning blood. Listen to his never failing intercession and whisper to my heart, thy sins are forgiven. Be of good cheer, lie down in peace. Grace cataracts from heaven and flows forever and mercy never wearies in bestowing benefits. Grant me more and more to prize the privilege of prayer. To come to thee a sin-soiled sinner, to find pardon in thee, to converse with thee, to know thee in prayer as the path in which my feet tread, the latch upon the door of my lips, the light that shines through my eyes, the music of my ears, the morrow of my understanding, the strength of my will, the power of my affection, the sweetness of my memory. May the matter of my prayer be always wise, humble, submissive, obedient, scriptural, Christ-like. Give me unwavering faith that supplications are never in vain, that if I seem not to obtain my petitions, I shall have larger, richer answers, surpassing all that I ask or think. Unsought, thou hast given me the greatest gift, the person of thy Son, and in him thou wilt give me all I need. Let's stand together and we'll pray and be dismissed this morning. Father, we leave now this meeting together, I pray with a desire to live for you, to follow in obedience, and to be lights in this dark world. Lord, you've given us a great responsibility and you've given us a wonderful calling. You've given us the opportunity to show expressions of our love to our Savior, even by how we treat one another. Lord, may we look to a world that is dying without Christ, and may we see souls as you see them. May we realize that what we see before our eyes is a world that is in so desperate of a need of the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Father, help us to be faithful, not only in proclaiming the gospel, but help us to be faithful in expounding and teaching the word. And that, Lord, as we read the word together and we learn and study that We'll be fed from it. Father, may we leave here today refreshed and reminded of your goodness and your greatness and know that all things are under your control. Lord, dismiss us now with thy blessing. Lord, prepare us to gather again midweek. And Lord, may we thank you continually and may praise be on our lips for what you've done for us in redeeming our soul. We thank you and we praise you for all these things. And it's in Christ's name I pray, amen. All right, Lord bless you. Thank you for being here this morning.